Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. This is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pension, organizer, rock and roll, PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Santina Muha. Dana, I'm excited today. We have Santina, who is on one of my favorite shows, One Day at a Time. When you first mentioned that to me, how much you love that show, I was like, we have to bring Santina in. Okay, everybody on that show is my family, pretty much. (laughs) I swear to God, you know that I'm going to be transparent right now because I hate talking about it, but I've been in and out of the hospital lately with pancreatitis, and they're trying to figure out why I keep getting this acute flare-ups of my pancreatitis. And when I was sitting in the hospital, you know, poor Mike, he comes to visit, Mm -hmm. but he can't stay there. Cubans, don't leave your side. Like, (laughs) your family, you're in the hospital, you're taking turns, there's a schedule of who's going to be there, and you are not left alone. I was sitting there in the hospital for four days for the second time, right? And I was feeling sorry for myself. I'm like... I feel so alone. You know, I have people come, but I didn't have my family parked by me like usual. Yeah, because you don't, they don't live here. No. Yeah. So I had one day at a time, which I binge watched season three. I loved it. And it made me, it brought me a comfort. I felt like my family was there with me, made me laugh. And it just brought me a little piece of home. I'm rooting for season four. Come on, season four. But I also watched the original, and I didn't even know how it was going to work when they said they were going to do the remake with a Cuban family. I was like, well, how the hell is that going to work? <laughs> oh, God, does it work. It is hilarious. It's so funny. Rita Moreno is... She's the, amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's in her 80s, and she looks like... she uh, Her energy. Like a spring chicken. Just adorable and funny. Justina Machado is hysterical on that show. They are, I think those are such wonderful roles for women. They're so funny and strong and hilarious. Can I tell you that Rita Moreno did this kick on the show, this high kick where she's dancing, and I was like, I can't even kick that freaking off. I I don't think I could. I'm a a, a 28-year-old woman. I don't think I could either. Yeah. Well, you know, Santina's been blowing up, and I can't wait to talk to her about Curb Your Enthusiasm and and the movie that she did with Joaquin Phoenix. There's just so much to talk to her about. Also, selfishly rooting, again, because I just got to say one day at a time for season four, because like I said, I don't have my family here, so it is a piece of home for me. And us Cubans, we're crazy. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if they ever canceled Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like when I need a little home, (laughs) I make some sauce and I put that on in the background and it's like I'm home. I have like the spirit of my family around me. Does it help you sleep all snuggly? Okay. This is going to sound like crazy, but when I first moved to L.A., I would get so homesick, and everything sounded so quiet. So I would put the housewives on, (laughs) not even that low, and I would go to sleep with the housewives, like, prostitution, who are, like, in the back. (laughs) 
and I would sleep like a baby. I'd miss the noise. I miss the yelling. I miss the accents. I miss like hearing people talk about like food. Well, listen, girl, you know I'm a Jersey girl. I'll flip a fucking table over anytime for yeah. you. Okay. So is our guest. Our guest today is a Jersey girl. I think uh, I think we all have so much in common, especially like warm cultures like Cubans, Italian. We're all nuts. We're Latina. We're Latins. Yes. You know, we're Latins. We got that hot blood. We'll flip a table over at no time. <laughs> so let's go get her. Yeah, let's bring her in. I can't wait to to hear everything she has to say about all these great shows. I know. Today's guest is an actor, comedian, and writer. You know her from her role as Beth on Netflix, One Day at a Time. I got to tell you guys, that's one of my favorite shows. Feature films such as Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, The Mustang, and most recently, Greener Grass, which just premiered at Sundance earlier this year. She performs and produces comedy at the UCB Theater here in Los Angeles, and you can catch her on her up-and-coming season of both Curb Your Enthusiasm and Adam Ruins Everything. It is the talented, gorgeous, and hilarious Santina Muha. Oh, my God. I am so excited to have you here. I'm happy to be here. You are a busy little bee. <laughs> yeah. You're a Jersey girl like me. Oh, really? Yes. Where? Nork. Oh, my God. Yeah. I went to Rutgers, you? New Brunswick. Uh, but I'm from the Jersey Shore originally. Oh, okay. And mm. we have... Do you have a dog named Rocco? Yeah. Me too. Oh, my god! What kind of dog is it? He's a shepherd mix. Oh, mine's a uh, lab mix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> it's a great name. Yeah. I am a huge fan. I just want to get into it of One Day at a Time. Oh, good. I think the show is so funny, mm-hmm. and it's a little piece of home for me because I'm Cuban. Oh, cool. And I was in the hospital recently for like five days, and having that show felt like a little piece of home. Oh, good. So you're hilarious on the show. Tell us. <laughs> a little bit about the show and your role. So Justina Machado's character is a veteran. She's in a vet support group and I play one of the members of the group. And what's so cool about it is One Day at a Time is a spinoff or a reboot, I should say, of the original One Day at a Time, which right. was on like in the late 80s. or With Valerie Batten, Bernalli. Yes. Yeah. And Mackenzie Phillips. Yeah, exactly. Who, who is plays on there now. the support group leader in the in the current one day at a time on Netflix. So I used to watch that show growing up with my grandmother. It was we really bonded over sitcoms, my grandmother and I, because she was an immigrant from Italy, so she barely spoke English and I was four. <laughs> so neither <laughs> one of us understood punchlines or whatever. So right. we always loved watching multicam sitcoms. Multicam is when you're watching a show and there's a laugh track, right? It's taped in front of a live studio audience and you can hear the laughing. So we bonded over those types of shows. So it's so cool now. And there's this ring I wear that belonged to my grandmother. She's passed away since. But I can remember just like laying on her lap, playing with this ring while we watched shows like One Day at a Time. And now I, I've i worn this ring, you know, on the set, on the show, right next to Mackenzie. And oh it feels God. really cool to be able to honor her in that way and, and honor sitcoms because, sure, they're there to make us laugh. But like you said, it got you through a hard time in the hospital. It, got, it bonded this like non-English speaking 
older woman and this four-year-old girl. It bonded us in a way that nothing else could. And I just think entertainment's why I'm in the field. I just think it's more important than just something to, you know, rot your brain with. Oh, my God. That is an amazing mm-hmm. story. Who knew that you, yeah. bonding with your grandma at four years old, was going to end up on the reboot? I know. Uh, that is such a cool story. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that show, when I don't have my tia and my mommy in the hospital with me, I felt like I had my grandma yeah. right there. <laughs> I know, I know. And how like, working with Rita Moreno, excuse me. Oh, my me. gosh. She's amazing, kidding? I know. Right? And I love Justina, too. I mean, all of them. Isabella's so fun. You know, she plays the daughter. And Marcel. I mean, everyone I love. And then don't even get me started on Steven Soplaski. It's just such a fun show. And then, of course, Todd plays such a great Schneider. It's a great show. Oh, yeah. I actually love this Schneider more than the, the well, original. <laughs> this one is a little more handsome. But, yeah. that, but back in the 80s, I mean, the, the, he was a great one, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. You were so great. And don't worry, he won't get far on foot. What was it like to act opposite Joaquin Phoenix? Uh, it was amazing. He he was such a great actor. I was nervous. This was my first movie with a big director, a big movie like this. So I was nervous. But he was such a great actor that it made me a better actor. I mean, you know, I just felt so like, like really I was talking to this character, John Callahan. He, he helped transport me into this time and place. Also, another really cool story is that uh, so I was in a car accident on March 9th. You know, when I was little... Every year on that day, I would do something emo, like cry in my room or something like that. But then I realized, wait a minute, I survived a huge thing. I mean, I died in this accident and came back. It was crazy. Oh, my God, Santino. Yeah, yeah. It was a major, major impact. Uh, spinal cord injury. Now I use a wheelchair, you know, permanently because I'm, I'm you know, paralyzed. But anyway, it happened on March 9th. So now that I'm older, rather than mourn that day. I like to celebrate the fact that I survived this major event and then I'm here. And so it just so happened that the day we were shooting our first scene of this film, my first major film, was on March 9th. And so here I was on the day of my anniversary of my accident in a wheelchair with Joaquin Phoenix, also in a wheelchair, with under Gus Van Sant's direction, just dancing in a park. I mean, are you kidding? Oh my God. How can you even ask for that? It was so you, cool. Santina, thank God you survived. It seems like a lot of things that happened to you are very kismic, almost like uh, yeah. this dates and shows that you're working on. And you have such an incredible voice, funny, and just so talented, Thanks. so much to give back. So I think that is amazing. You know, in this industry that we're in, it's an up and down all the time. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. how do you stay Focus. How do you stay grounded when those times maybe that we start to go, oh, my God, is the phone not going to ring? Or, yeah. And I know that you're not going through that right now because you are on fire. But what do you do to stay positive, grounded? Thank you. But I will say, be careful, like everyone out there, social media is a real trickster. I mean, if I have a love-hate relationship yeah, with it. Yeah, it does. I mean, and I and I, maybe I am more on fire than my, the voice in our head that tells you you're not good enough, you know? Right. Um, maybe I am, probably am doing better than my, my inside critic will let me believe. But, like, I'm not shooting anything next week, you know? I don't have anything on the books right now. And so it is a little bit of a, of a nerve-wracking moment in time. For me, I mean, what I like to do is I have faith. I just have a lot of 
of faith based on a lot of the conversations we've already had here. I just feel like, yeah, the universe seems to be on my side. And it's been pretty proven to me time and time again that when something happens, a greater purpose reveals itself. Sometimes it takes 20 years. Sometimes it's immediate. Right. But if you just kind of like have faith and sometimes just quiet faith, it will think, it will take you through it. Yeah, I think I, I appreciate the universe. I bet you a lot of people have a lot of these full circle moments happen, but maybe they're not really looking for them. I'm always looking for them. I like feel like I want to be very spiritually connected to everything because aware, right? Yeah, it's yeah. awareness because in the awareness you can actually bring more as a f- being grateful for these yeah. opportunities and you see the signs. I always say the universe works for me. I go through life going. And believe me, we all have our ups and downs. The universe is working for me as opposed to going like, oh, my God, what's what's going on? Yeah. So you have to believe that the universe works for you or we'd probably lose our mind. You have to. I right? know, especially if you were like in a major car accident. <laughs> yeah. You got to think there's a reason for it. Otherwise, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's sometimes it, I think we get upset, but that's part of it, too. Right. Sadness and all of that. That just only adds to our experience and adds to our um, what, what we can give back later. And I think that's a big part of my, it sounds so cliche and corny, but my journey in this world, in, the, in this lifetime, I think is to give back and help. Because growing up as someone who used a wheelchair, it wasn't always easy. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it you was, faced some challenges that took a lot out of you. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it was rarely easy. And even, right. and now still you would think, I mean, the Americans with Disabilities Act has been around for over 20 years now. And I still go into restaurants and the can't use the bathroom and it's like it's it's or or right now I'm looking for I'm on a search for a new therapist a new therapist and I'm having a hard time finding an accessible therapist and part of the reason I need a new therapist is because I'm frustrated with I, I want to talk about my situation a little bit that's the lack ca- of awareness right yeah it's cr- it's just crazy so I think that you know if if you just kind of mentally check in with yourself every now and then and let yourself be upset when you're upset, but then let it go and then use it, I think, is the only way to keep moving. Well, and also you created the Don't uh, Just Stand There Benefit Show to benefit United Spinal Association. Are there any plans to produce more benefit shows? Well, actually, what we're going to be doing is taking that show. What I loved about it was we raised money for United Spinal, but we also raised awareness because I put a bunch of comedians in wheelchairs and we did a whole show. And and by the end of the show, just from them sitting in these wheelchairs for an hour, not even, they were saying things like, oh, wow, I never noticed you know, how accessible the the UCB sunset stage is or wait a minute, how do you get through the curtain? Who helps you through? Just like things like that, things that you automatically notice just that you take for granted that you don't really think about. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to be doing that show um, at the end of this month, March 31st at UCB again, not as a benefit, just as a show, because I want to just continue raising awareness first and foremost, because I think that especially being in a position where I'm fortunate enough to perform with today's best talent and tomorrow's greatest contributors and creators, I want them to know. I want them to think twice and say, oh my gosh, you know what? We have someone coming on the set today that's in a wheelchair. Let's do all of hair and makeup in this room rather than just separate the actor who's in the chair. You know, things like that are important to me and I want to really shed light. 
on that. Well, that's amazing, Santina, and bringing awareness. And let us know when the show, again, will drop down the information and make sure that we uh, blast it out there for Great. everybody yeah. to go. March 31st, UCB, sunset. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to go. I'm going. Okay, good. It's going to be good. We're going to have some fun guests, and it's going to be fun. Well, uh, you're on the upcoming season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and what's that experience like? Is it fun? Is it scary? Is it nerve-wracking? Is it all scripted, or do you guys actually get to play and improvise? And I love that show. How does it work? Uh, Well, it's not scripted. It's an improviser's dream because they always say, like, oh, you don't get paid to do improv. You know, we do improv as this, like, hobby. And, you know, when you tell your parents back home, I'm on an improv team, it's like, great, how much money are you making? And you're like, actually, I'm paying a coach. But, you know, but you do it to lead to other things. I mean, Gus Van Sant cast that movie half out of UCB. So that was pretty cool and, and things like that. So this is another one of those experiences where you're like, oh my God, I'm finally getting paid to do some improv. And <laughs> Actors yeah. are the only ones that work for free or pay. <laughs> I know, I know. Larry David is Larry David. He is. That's it. Oh my you're God. You're on set with these guys and when the cameras aren't rolling, they're talking and they might as well be rolling. The, this, the conversations they're having are hysterical and they're this they're that they are who they are and it's so funny and it was so fun and I got to also work with Ed Begley Jr. and oh my god he was like the nicest person I ever I mean he was like holding stuff for the PAs he was so sweet what a oh sweet my man god. loved him and Jane Krakowski also she was great and you know god this is the scary thing about an actor I shot the scene I had the experience now I pray that it doesn't get cut. So if you guys watch this season of Curb and you're like, where's that girl? I, I'm sorry. I have no control. That's me. I didn't celebrate being in Don't Worry, the film, until I was at the premiere and my scene popped up on the screen. And then I breathed a sigh of oh, relief. Yeah. And I said, now I can tell everyone I'm in a movie. But for that whole year... Waiting for it to, you know, be released. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Am I? Am I? And it's nerve wracking. You never know. Because you want to talk about it, but then you don't want to talk about it. Because you just look dumb. And like uh, people in the business know that that's just that's happens. It's not a big deal. And you still should celebrate the experience. But But the rest of the people back home. Yeah. Why did you tell us you were on this show? (laughs) You know, you look like an idiot. I didn't see you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm on the cutting room floor. (laughs) Right. Right. Maybe I'll make it into the bonus DVD. Oh, my God. But hopefully. Yeah. But I did do it. And that's something that I think is important to celebrate as an actor. Absolutely. That's a huge that's a huge thing. I would love to be on that show. Oh, it was crazy. It was so cool. Well, Greener Grass looks hilarious. Yeah. And uh, when can people see it? Are you going to the South by Southwest Film Film Festival? Festival. I am, yeah. Uh, So if you're there in Austin this week, you can see it. Um, I think we're on the 8th and the 9th and the 13th, I think, are the dates that Greener Grass will be playing. But it's doing really well. So hopefully you'll be able to see it soon. I don't know, in some business, like I said, who knows? But right. it's it's doing really well. So if you're well, feeling amazing. you'll be able to see it. Yes, at I'm some excited. Point. It's such a fun, funny, weird, cool. Ugh, I'm so excited to be part of this movie. I, I think lo- it's going to be great. For me, the best sound in the world is laughter. So yeah. I'm all about the comedy. Well, did you know since you were little that this is what you wanted to do? Because you're not just an actress, but you you write, you produce. Did you always know you wanted to do this creative, artistic thing? Or did you kind of fall into it? No, I knew always, always, always. I mean, like, I would watch TV shows when I was little and 
place myself in the credits and think about where would I turn around and smile at the camera or like right. where would where do I fit in alphabetically in the Mickey Mouse Club like uh, roll call or whatever oh you know oh my god the Mickey Mouse Club yeah. oh god I remember that right yeah. so I and that's like the MMC like the Justin Timberlake Carrie Russell like that right. that was I watched that, <laughs> that every era. day after <laughs> yeah I know I'm not, I'm not that old but yeah so I always knew I always knew that especially after the accident when things were so sad. I mean, can you imagine a little girl in a wheelchair? I mean, that's like, what's sadder? That's it's a sad thing. So yeah, people would, would approach me with pity. And I ugh, I hate that feeling. I don't want people to look at me that way. So I, I learned pretty quickly that if you could make them laugh, then that would break the tension. And um, and so that was something I took with me. And it's then your like, tool. Exactly. And then, like I said, I saw what a great unifier it was, and what a great bridge it was for different generations. Barrier breaker. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I was in the hospital, just like you said earlier, I watched Beetlejuice every day. <gasps> Love Beetlejuice. I know. I know. I watched it every day because oh. it was one of the only, like, either that or Ernest goes to camp, I think, were like the two <laughs> movies. And sorry, no offense. I, I just couldn't with the Ernest. It was something I looked forward to. Something that can get you through a tough time is not something to, to sneeze at. It's not something to say, like, television sometimes gets a bad rap, go outside, throw a ball, whatever. But it's it, it's some people's friend. I mean, I, I think of the Golden Girls as women I grew up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I went when I was, uh, like, 14. I had scoliosis really bad, and I had to wear one of those, what they call Milwaukee course, which was, like, this thing from here to here. Yeah. I think it was, like, in Spinal Tap or one of those uh-huh. movies. I can't remember. And I remember that I was ostracized at school and stuff, and the desk, I, my uncle had to make a special desk for me to sit yeah, in, right? Yeah, oh right, a special desk. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it, you are put, and I, TV was, for me, what really kind of made me laugh and took me out of my head of being so different than everybody else. Yeah, well, school. and that's why representation in television is so important, why I'm constantly pushing for it because this society is just it's dictated by pop culture and media it just is especially you know? now with social media i mean exactly. i have a love-hate relationship with it really totally but i mean if you if people had grown up seeing more characters in wheelchairs or with these braces in in television and they weren't just the sad thing or the the hero it was just like more normalized then they wouldn't look at me like what the hell is going on with her or what's going on with you so i watched beverly hills 90210 religiously it was my favorite show growing up still to this day is my all-time favorite and there was this one establishing shot in the beginning of the show it had nothing to do with anything. It was just where they opened and they would show just like the campus, the college campus. This was the college years. And there was this one girl in a wheelchair who rolled by with books and, and, a, and a friend. And I remember seeing that and going, oh, my God, I could go to college in California just from that stupid yes. thing. I mean, it wasn't even a character in the show. So I think, you know, we grew up watching TV and it's kind of explained to us what life was like in other parts of the the world and the country. And I think that's so important for, for representation. And that's why it's another thing I'm constantly pushing and why I'm so proud of myself that I've been able to move from doing only wheelchair-related roles to this role I had on Curb, which we never – it had nothing – you could have played. Anyone could have played it. Well, you're an actress. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, you know, whether yeah, you're in you a wheelchair think. or not, you're an actress. I know, but I've had to – 
work against that and convince people that it doesn't matter. But it's working. It's starting. It's little by little. It's it's a fight worth fighting for, right? A cause worth fighting for. Speaking of 902, I know. Mm -hmm. I know you had a very special relationship with Luke Perry. You guys, we just got news like three minutes ago while we're doing the interview that he has passed. And I appreciate you doing this interview anyway, because I know you're very emotional. Yeah. But um, do you want to talk? Do you feel comfortable talking about it? Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to... It's weird. Again, it's one of those moments, right, where you're like, what are the odds that I'm on my way to do something? Well, yeah, you know, this is a person who's Luke Perry, who's been on my wall, my as far as I can remember having walls, you know, posters right. of him. And I just loved him. He was my first crush. He was my first like love, love. And I just loved him in every like profile that I even my UCB profile right now. I have to go change it because it says you know, please tell Luke Perry to come to my shows. Or even my dating profile says, like, you know, if you can cook and if you're a handyman, great. Bonus points if you're Luke Perry. I mean, <laughs> I love him so much, and I'm not afraid to sh- shout it from the rooftops. And, you know, when I was in the hospital a few years ago, a friend of mine wrote to his manager and told him I loved him so much. And if he could call me or write me a letter, I would freak. And I didn't even know she was doing this. I had no idea. So I, I was shocked one day when they said, you have a visitor, and it was him. Oh, my God. And he walked through my door, and, of course, there I am with no makeup on, <laughs> no pants on. I'm like, this is how I'm going to meet Luke Perry, the love of my life? Oh, my God. But it was, again, one of those, like, crazy moments where there I was with my hair in a braid, and I looked like I was nine, just like I, I have these pictures of me fake posing next to him. And now here I was real posing next to him and the side by side is like the secret. It looks like the same little girl. Oh, my God. And he came in and he brought his his dog and he sat with me for an hour, an hour and it was such a oh – God. I just – you know – It was it, special. You guys had your – a special yeah. moment. Yeah, and he even called me after that and to check in and we – and he even said because I told him – I said, I guess I could forgive my mom now for not taking me to the Freehold Mall to meet you back in the 90210 days. And then he, when he called me later, he, you know, he said, I'm so glad that your mom didn't take you to the mall because that's not how we were supposed to meet. He's like, this is how we were supposed to meet because now we know each other. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't believe I'm crying on a thing. Hey, listen, he was Santina, a really good, it's okay. You know, he was just – you hear all these stories about just – People and men especially. Um, and he was a good person. He had two kids, two young kids. Ugh, why did he? The world makes weird no sense sometimes. So now I got to look for the meaning in this like I just preached, right? Right. Well, well see. you know, it's okay. We we all are human. We have our moments of weakness. And then we have to yeah. see a bigger, a bigger picture. And... How beautiful that you got to have that moment God. with him. Oh, thank God. You I know? mean, I would, ugh. And, you know, I, I always wanted to work with him. That was the next thing. I always, thought, you know, projects, always thinking about how can I incorporate him. And by the way, you know, your employee, Dana, who's a really good friend of mine, will tell you, I do not cry often. She cries. She cries at everything. She takes a, <laughs> a bite of a sandwich that's delicious and she'll start to cry. I, I don't. I mean, really, I don't. I truly, this is getting me in a way. This is embarrassing. I do not cry. But like, it's not embarrassing. You're human. And but I just, just don't want people news. to think like, oh my God, this 
girl just crying because Luke Perry died. But truly, this is, for me, he just meant a lot to me. Yeah, and it just happened. You just heard the news right now. Right now. You and just... you're still being a pro and you're doing your thing and yeah. you're going to be emotional. I mean, it's it's human nature and it's okay. Yeah, yeah. He was just, he was young. He was 52. He just, two years ago when he turned 50, was on the, the cover of AARP magazine. Was, oh, my God. So he had such a good sense of humor yeah. about it. And I don't know. I just hope him and James Dean are just, like, hanging out right now and being just the two hottest guys in, in, in the world. Yeah. The two hottest guys in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was, well, ugh. I really appreciate you coming in. Thanks. Even though you were so emotional. Oh, yeah, of course. And, show must um, go on, as they say. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, we are we have that job where we have to like push it down until yeah. until and then we can release it. But I appreciate you being vulnerable. Well, thank you. But moment. it is I think it's really important. Like you you know, like you said, oh you're on fire. I mean, on social media I'm I'm not I, I really try to stay positive and post on you know, positive things, but I also think it's important. To, be to real. remember that we are all humans. And nobody has a perfect life. No, nobody's happy all the time. Nobody's, nothing's going right all the time for anybody. Exactly. I mean, even if you think it is, it's it's not. It's impossible. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's the problem with social media, too. That's why we have yeah. so much suicide now that's gone up because I think everybody's comparing their lives yep. to these fake lives on social media. It's crazy. Well, let's do a little something more uplifting now. Okay. We're going to play a little game with you. It's okay. called Two Tweets and a Lie. And your girl Dana's going to come in here and play with us. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, I do want to start by saying, no, she doesn't cry. So I can <laughs> definitely, I can vouch for that. Not, and do not you a big cry thing. at sandwiches? I was crying in the booth. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm the first person to admit that it's, I am way too quick to cry. It's okay. I should, no, I should be a lot more mature. I'm an adult. It's a good balance. It's a nice balance. Friendship. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, we play a game on this show. It's called Two Tweets and a Lie. So... Uh, you have tweeted a total of 5,142 times as of yesterday. Might oh. be more now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you three tweets. Two are real things that you've tweeted, and one of them is a lie. It's either <laughs> altered or totally made up. Okay. <laughs> and then when I finish reading the third tweet, you've got five seconds to guess which one is the fake tweet. Okay. Are you ready to play? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your Twitter is so funny, by the way. This was a very hard to pick. Oh, just a couple. Uh, I'm calling this first round um, Puzzles and Movies. Two of these are real. One is fake. Anyone else doing a puzzle and watching Mommy Dead and Dearest for the first time? <laughs> Anyone else doing a puzzle and watching Raging Bull for the first time? <laughs> Anyone else doing a puzzle and watching Simon Birch for the first time? <laughs> really? Oh, sh okay. I think it's I think it's Raging Bull. Uh, no, you really tweeted that. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, you tweeted that uh, in May of 2017. Uh, the fake one was uh, "Mommy Dead and Dearest," which we watched together. So I'm cheating oh, a little bit. That's right. We no, did. Yeah, I did so have. Funny. I had a boxer named Jake Lamada, <laughs> um, a boxer dog named Jake Lamada, and I wanted to see. My mom named him that after that movie, and I wanted to see where the origin of that name. <laughs> I remember now. <laughs> but you're doing great. Uh, round two. Okay. All right. Uh, first tweet is: I want to be invited to everything but attend nothing ah! <laughs> second tweet is in Beauty and the Beast the moral was be kind to the scary old lady but in Snow White the moral was don't trust the scary old lady what does Disney want us to do with scary old lady <laughs> okay 
<laughs> or they'll kill them. Or they'll <laughs> and then I better have a nine-year-old that can te- that I can tell, go make mommy a Chilean sea bass with a pineapple gastric. Hashtag MasterChef Junior. Oh, okay. Definitely the first one I did not say because even though I – true story. But I remember those other two tweets. Yeah. So you retweeted this, but this was a Cassie Jurgens tweet that you retweeted. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yes, that is the fake tweet. Round three. Italian wedding soup is delicious. That's it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think I had papaya every night for dinner this week. But for breakfast, I ate a bag of candy. It's all about balance. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, whoa, Wayne Newton is rich. Okay. Um, I remember it's the first one is fake, right? That is real. You really tweeted that. (laughs) Oh, my God. But I did eat a papaya for a week. And I also... I remember watching The Bachelor or something, and Wayne Newton is rich. <laughs> Wayne Newton is rich is a real tweet as well. Now, there were, Which I'm going to say, fake? the papaya tweet was fake. There were several papaya tweets over the course. Oh, I really right. papaya. <laughs> Especially strawberry papaya. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what that is. That's the red papaya. It's from Hawaii. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yum. <laughs> So that particular papaya tweet is fake. But okay. Just so everybody's clear, there are lot. There's lots of papaya content if that's what you were looking for and want. In <laughs> that's not feed. even my favorite. I don't even think of that food often. Oh. Very big in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for playing two tweets and a lie. Uh, you did great. Thank you. So Santina, let everybody know where they can find you, your social media handles, and also let's rehash the UCB show coming up on the. 31st. Yes. So we have Rolling With My Homies is the name of the show, and it's on March 31st at UCB. It's an improv show. And then we have, um, oh, at Santina Muha, S-A-N-T-I-N-A-M-U-H-A. That's my Instagram and my uh, Twitter. And if you follow me, you can see all the details about the show and, you know, who our guests are going to be. And I'll also post about whatever else I'm doing. Perfect. Well, this is a question that I ask every guest. Okay. If you were left unsupervised anywhere and nobody could see you or hear you, what would you do and where would it be? I'd probably maybe go in like Gordon Ramsay's kitchen and eat all of his food that he made. Ooh, I like that answer. Can I go with you? Yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I would like to do that too. Something like, you know? Something yeah. Like, yeah. Santina, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. And I can't wait to see your show. Everybody, check out the show at UCB with Santina on the 31st, Rolling with with My my Homies. homies. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.